This is Jeff Steitzer, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Double kill, triple kill, overkill, killing spree, killing frenzy, Kilimanjaro, kill tacular, kill apocalypse, slayer, mmm, brains. <laughs> Welcome one, welcome all to episode 141 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, July 31st, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we're joined by Joseph Moran, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, host of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, on to discuss the latest gaming news, including some impressive Xbox sales numbers, Discord arriving into the Xbox ecosystem, and excitement around WB's multiverses. After that, I'll sit down with CEO of Hero Beat Studios, Javier Romello, to chat about their recently launched title, and Endling, Extinction is Forever. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse, as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week... The words of kindness are indeed twofold. The first, of course, is going to Nerd Propellant. Now, this is a cool story, guys. I was feeling some Sea of Thieves the other day, wanting to get a statue, a collector's edition, to go next to my Master Chiefs, my God of Wars, uh, my Doom statues, etc. And then Sea of Thieves does not have that. So where did my late night Googling take me but Etsy? And I found this really cool chest of legends over on uh, what I thought was just like this random store or whatnot. I saw it, I wanted it, I I clicked buy, I snagged this thing, I'm so excited for when it gets here, and I get a message the next morning from Nerd Propellant uh, asking me if it was me that placed the order. Indeed, Nerd Propellant is a listener of Cast Co-op, of Season Gaming's BitCast, and of the Xbox Expansion Pass. How cool is that? My day was absolutely made. I went out to get something fun for myself. Turns out the person that makes these incredible things listens to XEP. My day was absolutely made. So Nerd Propellant, you are amazing. I can't wait for the Chest of Legends to get here. It's going to be super cool sitting on my shelf next to all my other collector's editions. You rock. The second words of kindness go to my guest this week, Mr. Badbit, host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, helping me out this week. Joe, how are you, man? I don't know why I'm here. You are here, good sir, because I feel like I'm fighting something off, you know, not sick, yeah. but like I'm I'm tired, you know, I got that fatigue going uh, mm-hmm. and it's been been lingering for about six days. I took the Rona test negative. Oh. <laughs> Humble brag. Humble brag. Um, humble brag is right. But yeah. I really wanted a second voice in here to bounce some of these things off of. And I'm so appreciative that you uh, stepped in, uh, as you know. Uh, you, I'm not a big fan of you. I, I've often yeah. felt like I look at you, you smell bad. It's, it's like, I don't yeah, know. that's why I was like the kind words. I'm like, I really, really hate this guy. You know, I just, I'm not a fan of his face. Ah, but here know. we are. 
Yeah, here we are. Indeed. Indeed. A bit of yeah, housekeeping, yeah. folks. If you would drop a review over on the YouTubes, over on not the YouTubes, the iTunes, the Spotify's, yeah. put a like and a subscribe over on the YouTubes. That would be appreciative. Uh, and while I was off last week, I did publish an interview with the creative director for Skull and Bones over on Season Gaming. That was a print one. So uh, while there was no XEP last week while I was on vacation, I was, I was, I was out there doing some things. I was doing some yeah. things. Yeah, there you go. I'm a doer of things, you know. <laughs> as long as you say so. <laughs> that's how. That's how I hang my hat up. I'm like, yeah, did some things today. Never yeah. gets awkward. Never gets. No, awkward. you know what, Luke? Can I get real with you before we start the show? Of course. I like you're like I'm bringing you on because because I have something. Uh, you know, like like I'm I'm a little under the weather. Yeah. I'm about to be under the weather. You feel so it? like we're I'm feel yeah I feel it in my knees and in my shins right now man mm. I'm feeling it I too took a COVID test and oh, let me yeah. tell you something COVID you never even had your car I didn't I, I I'm, I'm negative so <laughs> humble brag humble brag for us man humble brag I'll tell you what uh, you and I were playing some games last night and we got wrecked we got wrecked we fought <laughs> well good. we fought well. We fought but, really well to let the audience know we were playing Sea of Thieves. Of course, I was carrying Luke in the team. Yeah, um, right. And, uh, you know, we first off, we we double slooped it, humble mm-hmm. brag. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that means we just kept on trying for 10 minutes to log into the same server as two sloops. We <laughs> did it. And, you know, they tried to, a galleon tried to mess with us. We put that down. Oh, boy, it was. It was embarrassing for them because mm-hmm. they were legitimately not like they were new. And so like, why would you come at us the way you did? Right. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but um, we came out and back. We t- took all their stuff because we, we were reaping. We it's, saw it's the like, whites of their eyes. Yeah. And it, we saw fear. Mm-hmm. We saw fear. We sensed it and we took advantage of the situation, mm-hmm. sunk them, got their, got their stuff. And because we were reaping, we were mm-hmm. reapers. Uh, it was golden glory week. And we're now doing like this this fortress, this one sloop, white sail sloop. And if you know what white sails means, it's bad. And (laughs) and these two guys were questionably incredible. Like, like at first we were like, oh, these guys are really good, which happens. These are server hoppers. They're white sails. They server hop just to fight people, ruin their day. Like they're not the fun kind. They won't like they'll they'll keep coming, you know? Yeah. Until they win. Right. And it's attrition. And like we we beat them and we were like, man, they're really good. And then they kept coming and then it started to pile up. The questionable moments were like, "Ah, this is how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And it felt suspect. And for the first time in my Sea of Thieves history, I reported someone I I wanted that looked into. It was weird. Yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Luke, usually he gets duked on. It's it's very embarrassing. And he'll be like, oh, they're obviously cheating. I'm like, Luke, let's just see if they're good. And he's like, no, they're cheating. How how can they get me? I'm the great Luke Lore. Do you know what I do? Like (laughs) the doer of things. Yeah, the doer of things. I got on their ship. They 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 blunderbussed me off. And Mm. then it was like a high wave. And they were speeding, like full speed university, mm-hmm. just in due north. Mm-hmm. And no way I could see the ship, no way they could see me. And then they just get me with a, a headshot, mm-hmm. like from like 60 yards away. It was, it and it was like instantaneous. So yeah. it was very questionable. So like Happ- last night. Stuff like that happened that, a lot with them. Yeah, it hurt. Last night hurt yeah. on Sea of Thieves. Because Sea of Thieves gives or it takes. And it okay. took everything last night. It does. It is a give and take game. It does hurt sometimes. Yeah. And um, it's funny because 
we we just wanted to get rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these kids had no interest in that. They only wanted to ruin the day of other people. That's all they care about. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer. Uh, That's the thing with Sea of Thieves, man. It's like I understand the meta, but uh, you know sometimes it's a little bit much because I just want my gold, and my glory, yeah, and my Athena rep. That's it. Yeah. I don't mind I don't getting know. sunk. I don't mind losing. Yeah, I I mind it when it's like, oh, I'm only here to make your day, but bad. Like exactly. That's the, it's like you're not actually playing the game, you know? Yeah, you're just being you trolls. Know? And that's the thing. Like, it, here's the thing: Sea Thieves. Here's a hidden tip: if you're trying, if you, if you think you're about to get griefed on, or there's trolling afoot, get the old adage: when they go low, you go high. Just ignore them. Make make them waste their time, and then they'll eventually give up. Yep. Yeah, it's true. That's so true. that was my that was my night last night. It's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, well, it wasn't great. We're gonna we're gonna give it another go later today. We're sure, absolutely. Go. But humble brag, uh, you know, I know this is an Xbox show. I platinumed uh, Infamous uh, First Light. Oh, that's a great game, dude. I, it, I think it, I have that platinum as well. That's good. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I, I like her powers a lot. Didn't like the story, but I liked her neon powers. It, it was nice. I I've liked Second Son better than First Light, but yeah. but that doesn't seem to be the standard. Most people go the yeah. other. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like. Um, I don't know. There's rose tinted glasses with that one. Cause I, I, I'm not I'm probably the only PlayStation guy that wasn't overly fond of Infamous. Yeah, like, you're the only one. It, yeah. Everybody else is like, this is great. And I'm like, I really hate Zeke. Like every time he talks, it makes me <laughs> upset. <laughs> I um that was before Troy Baker was was an NFT bro. Yeah. And and I liked him then. You know? Oh, was he? Was he? Was he? I'm Zeke? pretty. Sh- I don't think he was Zeke. You think he was just the main character in? Oh no! no. Oh, in, in, in Second Son. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, let's 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 switch over here, man. We okay, got sorry. we got plenty. No, man, it's great. Uh, we've got some good stuff to talk about here. Let's start with Xbox and Discord. Uh, if you are in the insider ring, Discord and Microsoft announced that Discord is coming. Uh, Discord voice chat is coming to xbox skip ahead beta testers or alpha testers uh as they call them pretty much what this really means is that you can have your voice chat linked into your xbox account uh and then use discord on your console it's on the xbox dashboard itself calls are neatly integrated into the dashboard you can find your parties chat features uh to me this is is great because it's options and i think options are great for people um, I'm not a big Discord fan. I actually get overwhelmed from it, but I think I'm in the minority. A lot of people use it and love it. You're a big user of it. You have a Discord community, yeah? That's right. It's it's alive. It's thriving at the Trophy Room Discord server. Link in our description over at the Trophy Room show on YouTube, but yeah. yeah. It's big. I love Discord. This is awesome to me. Yeah? Yeah, I, this is fantastic. I always get stuck when when things are in like alpha or skip ahead or beta test. I tend to wait. Until it comes out, like we're, you and I waited on uh, co-op for Halo Infinite. We said we just yeah. wait for the full release. Um, I didn't really feel the need to skip ahead on this one. Yeah, I'm kind of like pick like pick and choose. So I got humble brag. I got into the PlayStation Five UI beta, so mm-hmm. I've been testing that out, and I'm like, oh my god, I finally get to play this console on a monitor. Isn't that wild mm-hmm. in 2022, year of our Lord? And uh, <laughs> and so like with this with this integration. I don't know if I would have hopped on board. I just feel like it's interesting, Luke, that Xbox got this. Like PlayStation, PlayStation just funded, I think, just a year ago, 
you know, or, or, or put some money down and fuse discord with cash. Yeah. So you would figure that like PlayStation would have probably gotten this first. Do you yeah. feel that's kind of weird? I noticed that. And I thought about that because they, they did invest into discord and it, it reminded me of just how much these business deals go beyond the brand of Xbox yeah. or PlayStation, you know, and you've got Azure servers powering different things from, from on the PlayStation side uh, and, and you look at some of the decisions that are made and often it's not about Xbox and PlayStation. It's about Sony and Microsoft mm-hmm. and what these other companies want to do and the technology they need to do it and who's got it at the time. Um, I also think that X- Xbox is probably pretty inviting to a company like Discord with how open and transparent they are. They've got this this very uh well-tested pilot program of the skip ahead, the alpha insiders, that kind of stuff that yeah. is already set up. That's not really so PlayStation's bread and butter at the moment. Um, and so I think that that is probably enticing for them. And sure. that was the reason being, as opposed to uh, it being like, Oh, well, we're putting money in and now they're going there. It's probably, probably just far more down to business and numbers. Plus PlayStation right now, they're struggling to get units out. You know, yeah. maybe there's just a bigger install base to work with. That could be it. I don't know. I think when it comes to Xbox, uh, they've been way more open and you're right, inviting to uh, platforms and third parties that we probably wouldn't think they would be. Mm-hmm. So I know like around a year-ish plus ago, there was talks that Microsoft was looking into acquiring Discord. Mm-hmm. Um because they want that cross play. They want that cross play between PC and, and Xbox functionality. And what better way to use that than use the most popular, you know, voice chat system in games, which is discord to kind of, you know, stitch the two together. And although discord passed on that deal, I bet there was something and I had to shake somewhere that was just like, okay, so listen, you don't want to, join us but sure but you want to at least integrate your brand with us in Mm -hmm. this type of capacity that was probably the talk i think they were probably working on this microsoft saw it was impressed by and then they were just like hey want to join our team they said no but they still allowed them to put discord on on xbox Mm -hmm. and i think this is a really great no matter what the, the the case is this is a really great sign for what's to come you know, crossplay mm-hmm. is becoming more and more commonplace, mm-hmm. and we need a better way to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, via PC to Xbox to mobile to PlayStation, right? So it will like and Nintendo's eating glue out there with their little mobile app. Uh, oh. But like, you know, that's that's what I think is is it the important note here. Um, more so than like PlayStation, I think we'll eventually get this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But and I we think would want them to. We would want them to. Oh, absolutely. I want them to right now because, to be honest, their party chat is the worst. Yeah, I'm not so a bad. Our buddy Kev got a PS5, uh, you yeah. know, and he was trying to use its UI and some of like the, the systems that like once you learn it, you learn it. But like absolutely. it is not, I would say, user friendly uh, mm. at first. And then he also discovered that if you hold the power button, it does not turn the system off. That yeah. is the single most infuriating thing on any piece. My phone doesn't do that. It's so annoying. Kyle and I get into disagreements. Kyle's like, it's just, it's just, it's just a literally like two button presses. I'm like, no, it's seven, and it used to not be this way. It used to be better than this. Mm-hmm. So we should demand better than that. I, I have no idea why that's a thing. 
Yeah. Press and hold is, do you want to turn off this device? Yep. Should be. Should it should be. be. But yeah, but uh, and on this this Discord thing, it reminds me of Twitch. You want this technology being everywhere. I'm absolutely fine with it. I'm anxious for it to get integrated and uh, people able to use it. And I'm anxious for the, the Alpha Insiders and such to finish up with it because once it goes full launch, yeah, I'll test it out. Because I, why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because it's like wanna, six steps for us to, to chat when we play Sea of Thieves, you know? Exactly. I want to... Because what I have to do, I use the podcast mic to play on Xbox with you guys because mm-hmm. you complain about the AC in, in, in my room so much. And so I use RTX. It's very loud. <laughs> it's very loud. It's right next to me. And I use RTX voice to cancel all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. But I can't just simply, you know, connect this pod, you know, this pod mic to the to the Xbox. I actually have to go through Xbox party chat to talk to you and then play the game on my Xbox and use like it's just a whole rigmarole to get me playing Xbox with you but chatting on the PC at mm-hmm. the same exact time with you. Um it's a little annoying. So I feel like this Discord uh app is going to help kind of simplify that to the nth degree where mm-hmm. now I don't have to do probably two steps to 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 get chatting with you so i'm really liking this um mm-hmm. because it is not xbox party chat on pc because it is very finicky sure absolutely <laughs> really and and i'm a big fan of these third party groups being absolutely. integrated i just think it's important you know yeah. yeah well uh let's move on to a different topic and this one i think is really interesting because it kind of underscores a, a small point that data can sometimes lie to you um but Xbox is doing incredible despite numbers being down and yet they're still up. All right. Yep. So this is something I want you to stick with me on. Microsoft shared their 2022 fiscal year fourth quarter results. That's April through June of 2022. And it looks like there's a couple couple really interesting points here. Overall gaming revenue, Joe, for Xbox declined by 7% year over year. Xbox dead. Xbox is dead. Xbox right. is dead. We had a good run, guys. Yep. Really did. Remember yep. when The Rock showed up? <laughs> I remember. Well, I mean, and now Phil Spencer wants to get God of War Ragnarok. Broke the internet. Can't believe it. Dude, I can't believe you would say such a thing. How dare you wants to play a good game. Uh, right. Xbox content and services declined by 6%, which is also uh, year over year, which is, which is another decline. Xbox hardware down 11%, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Now, Uh-oh. All of those things might be pointing to like, oh, these negative signs, things are so bad. But in this quarter, or sorry, in the same earnings report, Microsoft revealed that it has sold more Series S and X consoles life to date than any previous generation of Xbox at this point in its life cycle. It's outselling the Xbox 360, which is wild, right? So outselling the original Xbox or the Xbox One, sure. Yeah, and not hard to do. Uh, They're outselling the Xbox 360, which is wild to me. Interesting also, this is now the third straight straight quarter in which Xbox has been the top hardware in North America. Another big win. Four million people. PlayStation's have, sad, dude. I know. You there this? you go, right? Do you, what are your thoughts on PlayStation being dead? Because that's the only way this goes. I've been playing games for 47 years, and I've never seen this before in my life. I've never seen this before in my life. The, the last cool thing, 4 million people have streamed Fortnite on Xbox Cloud Gaming. And of that 4 million, 1 million players were new to the ecosystem. So that is, 
That is pretty rad indeed. It's interesting to know that like, you know, pandemic, lack of of any first party games, really. The the stuff they've come out with in 2022 has been expansions, you know, like it's expansions to already out things or indie titles like As Dusk Falls. Uh, I said I wasn't a fan of it. No one's talking about it a week later. I told you guys nobody listened to me. Um, Take that Ainsley Bowden. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting how data can lie. You know, it's like, oh, decline 7% year over year. But then you're you're still outpacing everything. You've got chip shortages to go with. Um, so what do, what do you think when you see something like this? Like, what's your first go to reaction? Can I tell you a reaction I saw on Twitter, and then I could tell you mine? <laughs> tell me the Twitter reaction. I saw when Xbox posted their quarterly numbers, and you saw like things were down. Mm-hmm. One person on Twitter, very rational mind, said, "Yo, I think Xbox about to take away those day one, uh, <laughs> those day one Game Pass games because uh, it ain't working for them." And then the next day, PlayStation posts what I look at as a pretty abysmal quarterly earning, mm-hmm. and I just was just like, "This guy." Twitter, <laughs> social media, we just like to yell things in the ether. Uh-huh. Um, my first reaction of this is like, yeah, it's, it's, this is even when things are, are, are dry. So like, what is this quarterly two earnings, right? Correct. Uh, quarter, quarter four. I thought quarter four. Uh, hold on, let me look. Let me look. Yeah, Fourth me... quarter, April through Fourth June. Quarter. Yep. Yeah. So when you take a look at, at the quarterly earnings, April, May, June, not a lot of games came out that time. Like, <laughs> What, what what did come out that time? I can't even I can't even only think expansions for for oh no Fort Stick was in July yeah nothing yeah nothing really big mm-hmm. so like I think this was expected for I think PlayStation and Xbox to have a pretty slow you know uh, uh, fiscal quarter or pretty low fiscal quarter so all this is is fine but to see that yeah more Xbox in this point in time. Uh, or you know, series consoles are being sold than the 360, and we think of the 360 as even myself as like that's the golden age of Xbox, mm-hmm. yep. right? And to see Xbox outperform the 360, which was a phenomenal console for them, performance wise mm-hmm. or sales wise, um, that's that's incredible to see that Game Pass, even though their services are down, Game Pass still grew mm-hmm. is an excellent sign to show that hey, listen, look. We don't even need a big thing here every month, though they will. You know, even in the slow months, it still grows. There's still a huge interest in it. Mm-hmm. So it really is where we talk a lot a lot about building the cadence of Xbox in 2023, 2024, and beyond. Mm-hmm. That's I, I can't wait to see the actual growth from Xbox then. Because I think it's going to really surprise people. I think 2023 especially is going to be Xbox's big year and a kind of, not to, for lack of better words, the the, the do or die for Game Pass. Like how this thing is going to actually perform in real time, we're going to see it firsthand. Yep. So again, even in the dry months, it's doing well, even though hardware may have declined a bit, though services declined a bit. It was possibly one of the slowest times for games mm-hmm. in i think maybe the last year or two so yeah good it, it, everything's looking pretty good yeah, agreed and when you look at the sony side of things like their operating profit went went down 37 percent year over year mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of other numbers that were really not so not not so exciting and then yeah. you think about the fact that, oh, wait, they bought Bungie. That's going to cut into some profit margins there. Uh, they're building. They've got big games coming out. 
yeah. if if gaming is is and this is where I go back to data can be deceiving like yeah things are going to go down when they've been up so high and they're going to ebb and flow but when yeah. the consoles are doing so well like I'm feeling good about this stuff you know like I feel good Sony's still in a great place I still think they have the best first party catalog sure. um we had a fun discussion on cast co-op over the past two episodes, which I would encourage anyone to go listen to where we tried to rank our top five Sony studios and then our top five Xbox studios. It was harder to do Xbox. I thought <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Because a lot of it is like a lot of the promise of these studios mm-hmm. or like what, what's their actual track record. Right. right. And that's what we do with PlayStation. It was like, what are the actual track records of these studios? And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like Santa Monica does not miss much. And even mm-hmm. when they do, their games are still good. You know, like naughty dog. Last of us part one and two are good. I'm trying to force way too long in the tooth, but like, even then it's like, yeah, uh, you know, we have the promise of what is to come for Xbox. And that's what makes, I think Xbox so exciting right now. Yeah. Is that, yeah, there are some, though the track isn't like, it's unproven right now in terms of like, um, are, is Redfall going to hit? Is Starfield going to hit? You Mm -hmm. still have these studios like Ninja Theory, like Bethesda Softworks, where it's just like, I'm questionable on Starfield, but man, Bethesda's track record is that this game will probably be at worst good and at best a game changer for, you know, Western RPGs. So like you're just taking a look at like just Ninja Theory and like in Obsidian, look at these games, look at these studios that have done so many amazing projects with such little cash. And now they're being infused by so much of it. What the possibilities for them are endless. So like, to me, seeing these numbers, uh, you know, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a salesman. You know, they look bad on on the offset, right? Or when when you when, but when you're looking at it dead on, and you kind of just look at, you know, what came out in April, what came out in May, what actually came out in June. You're like, yeah, not much. You yeah. kind of expect this. So yeah, not everything's gonna keep going up and up. There's gonna be ebb and flows, but. So far, even when we get to the valley portions, it doesn't seem all too bad as of yet. And I would argue 2022 is fully that valley of COVID because they were able to push out, get things over the finish line, uh, projects that might have been hit by work from home. But where what you're seeing now is like the stuff that really couldn't be done quickly. Yeah. And And go ahead. You know, I I saw I've seen a few comments of like, how many times are we going to blame covid for stuff for like projects being delayed or pushed or whatever it's like mm-hmm. understand there's transitional periods mm-hmm. and there are now gaps in like there was a point in time everybody had to move from their office to their home and they couldn't just take their work pc with them right, right. and then you had to somehow find a way to get all that data into a secure secure location with mm-hmm. your home internet, not business internet. Mm-hmm. And then realize that you transitioned or start to transition away from that workplace. And it doesn't mean the workplace is back to quote unquote normal, like pre 2020. Mm-hmm. It's now completely changed. The landscape's completely different because there are some people that like the work from the home. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that don't. And now you have to have that type of, okay, so how do we transition to this new normal of mm-hmm. a hybrid situation. You're seeing so many people, I think at least on the PlayStation side going, Hey, you don't need to live in North Carolina 
to be a part of Insomniac. You could be right. a part, you know, you could be in Canada and you could still work with us hybrid. So like there are still solutions out there that aren't perfect that need to be fixed. And there are just some systems in place that are just learning how to do this. And that's why you're seeing the gap where it is right now is that they're still learning how to adapt to the changing environment of how we work now. So and you, you yeah, could also make on. an argument that next to COVID, you've also had a, a bit of a reckoning in the gaming industry as social movements outside of gaming, like Black Lives mm -hmm. Matter and political elements start moving around within gaming, crunch culture, toxic, toxic workplace environments, leadership, uh, leadership toxicity, I guess you would say has been called out in, I would argue, record numbers or with record attention, perhaps. Yep. And you're seeing a big shift in how people are getting paid, how people are being treated, leadership having to vacate because they don't know how to treat people. And that has caused a major shift in where talent goes. I mean, on the Microsoft side specifically, we know that the, the 343 has greatly struggled with its culture, not in terms of toxicity, but in like, they were contracting workers for a year, year and a half, but then if they kept them longer, they'd have to full-time them, and then they yep. would exit them, right? Yep. And that was that was happening at one point. I don't think it's happening now, but when you I see mean, stuff a, like that, go, go a ahead. A great example is Grand Theft Auto, right, with Rockstar. Yeah. Like the Jason Shire article that just came out, you know, all the, 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 the biggest details that struck out to me wasn't like a first female playable character in a 3D GTA. It, it is, hey – their culture has improved greatly from where mm -hmm. it was during Red Dead to, to this, mm -hmm. right? Like their their culture has improved greatly uh, with the new leadership, with the new uh, people in charge. They're actually taking that initiative and that feedback, not just from players, but from their own staff. And that's amazing to see, but that doesn't come easily or without struggle or strife. It comes with those things. And it won't come quickly. I yep. think that's the biggest thing, hey, you know, Look at Microsoft. They're delaying games left and right internally, like publicly, privately. They refuse to have toxic workplaces. And that means talent's going to want to come to them, but that takes time. And that means the games are going to wait, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, and for, for better or worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a business, but then like, I don't want anybody abused to bring me my video game. No. Right. So no. it's yeah. But but uh, I did. I did see that article about Rockstar over over. Um, Kind of changing, game. yeah, or season game, but uh, changing the way that it goes about things, and I was excited to see what happens there. And one of the things that's also interesting is Grand Theft Auto was built on parody of American culture, extremisms, yeah, and satire. Well, now the satire has become reality in so many ways. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate telling a story. What story yeah. are they going to try to tell? Is it going to be this Lindsay Lohan esque? approach or are they yep. going to do something different is it going to be more grounded and real yeah. and that's what i'm curious about yeah i mean like ufos wasn't were it like you know real <laughs> you know what i mean when the right. last gta came out and you have like or like even red dead where you have like the silly like ufo abduction thing and mm -hmm. now you have like the government going we don't know what these objects in the sky are and yeah. everybody's just okay with it like yeah. i want to know how are you going to make that funny because that could be if done correctly hilarious <laughs> Right, there, but like, there better be a mission where Weeb storm Area Fifty One. Remember that? <laughs> yes, absolutely, <laughs> there should be. So you know, 
for 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 GTA, there's there's so much promise, and to me, I, there's so much excitement because, yeah, the the movements within the industry as of right now, the things that we're able to see and the things that we're unable to see, uh, seem to be pointing in a positive direction. But again, that doesn't come without things taking a little bit more time and, you know, fighting, you know, right. uh, fighting for 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 yeah, making four hour, forty hour work weeks a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's nuts to say out loud yeah yeah i know no no um all right let's transition away from that one you and i have played kind of sparingly but we've been checking out multiverses that has gone public to to people who want to check that one out this game really good but tracking even better over on the xbox place i did not pull playstation numbers i'm sorry um but over on steam 150,000 players right now and on Xbox, it's the number two most played free-to-play game behind Fall Guys. Dude, that puts it ahead of Fortnite and Rocket League uh, and the recently launched Naraka. Remember that one went into uh, the Xbox gaming thing? And what makes me so excited about this is Smash, Smash, like the Smash genre, has always been awesome, right? It's been yeah. a really cool genre. But Nintendo has really let down on its networking and infrastructure. And so playing Smash online is damn near impossible. Yeah, it's not great. Right. It really isn't great, guys. It's it's Oof. not good. And so really excited that we now have a comparable Smash genre game. Uh, Rip PlayStation All-Stars, loved you. Uh, really disappointed with Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl. Yeah. But now we've got this incredible character diversity, great online infrastructure, uh, pretty solid, I would say, uh, battle pass system. And more characters being added all the time. Like, you know me, I'm Joe, I'm in for the DC Universe stuff. Our buddy oh, yeah. Kev's all about beating me up with, with uh, Scooby-Doo characters. But, like, even LeBron James is LeBron in this James. game now. Yeah. Like, this is cool. <laughs> this is awesome. Dude, I, so I played a bit of it, like about an hour of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I heard so many people in the early, early, you know, get this game a week early access. Uh, just preach about how great this game is actually shout out to friend of the show miles Dampierre, um who who wrote up a fantastic piece over at windows central mm-hmm. um and this is really is a very i'm not saying like it's gonna make it's gonna make super smash brothers cower in their boots it's like no it's but this is i think for the first time when we talk about the smash genre mm-hmm. where there is an actual competitor out there to smash brothers that feels like smash brothers without it being a straight up clone if that makes any sense right yeah yeah i i think you're absolutely right and can i say something uh very uh very controversial i want to hear a controversial and brave statement from you yeah and i expect a a round of applause audience so if you're in your cars prepare to clap i don't care if you're on the highway i'm expecting this Mm -hmm. uh there are uh, there are some things and elements in this game that make it a lot more fun than than smash brothers and the mm-hmm. one thing that i'm thinking of is when you're doing team play like a 2v2 for example um if i'm about to get smashed out of the arena some characters i think most characters have the ability to i think it's like either hold y or triangle to actually zip them back to the ring mm-hmm. <laughs> and like uh if you hold them if you hold y all the way you get them completely back in the arena or like if you get hit, it gets interrupted, but at least they get a, a chance to to jump back into the arena. So, like, it adds an extra layer of um, 
of strategy to the game that's not there in Smash Brothers and the fact that like you get to have certain upgrades. So like not every not every like for example down B is like a downward slash. Like Wonder Woman's down B when she's stationary is she gives everyone a defensive power up around her. Mm-hmm. Like those type of things aren't at least once when I played Smash, weren't there that's here in this game that I think make the game um a lot more fun or at least different enough so that it doesn't feel like, oh yeah, Batman is just, you know, Captain Falcon or something like that. Right. And it gives a depth to the game. It allows a meta to exist for those that are interested in it, but it's also very playable by casual players. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think there's a strong potential that this is this is gonna jump up there and stay with Fall Guys with Fortnite with Rocket League. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah, I hope because it has so much promise and not just that, but like Brawlhalla is pretty darn successful as well for true. Ubisoft, yeah. I like to think. So like that just adds another player in the arena to say, hey, listen, Smash doesn't have to o- always be the one, you know, right. here's right. my question for you. Okay. Do, do we see the success of multiverses mm-hmm. influence PlayStation or Microsoft? Mm-hmm to have their own game like does playstation see this and go okay well maybe let's try it again or do you think xbox looks at this and going okay uh, let's let's do it we have the characters to do this let's 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 have doom guy fight you know the arbiter so it's a great question and i think that both companies have already considered it playstation's done it right uh xbox had had you know Killer Instinct, uh, and they had characters like from Halo and, and Gears and such in Killer Instinct. I think, though, what you're likely to see are PlayStation and Microsoft uh, p- petitioning to get their characters into multiverses as okay. guest characters. I think that's a smarter move rather than having to build something from the ground up because this is looking so good. And I think what you actually see is, is uh, Xbox is well positioned to have a fighter of their own, maybe a a fighting game, like another killer instinct game or killer instinct like game, another mortal Kombat S game with their characters versus a brawler like this, right? Because this, if it, if it does maintain, this has a huge potential. We saw a question written in by famous Seamus, who I believe is the most famous Seamus that you or I have ever heard of. That's a fact. Um, Yeah. I mean, and it's science too. It's science. Look it up in the book. He wrote us and asked, uh, with multiverses out now, what are some characters you want to see in the game? I mean, Joe, the possibilities are pretty endless just within WB. You've got the Matrix characters. The, mm-hmm. You've got the the Pennywise, the clown, could be in there. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, which means the Hobbit, which means the new Rings of Power. Uh, there's a lot of DC characters. Well, Lord of the Rings now is sort of, that's Amazon now. Think of them as Amazon now. You the old ones like could they use the old movie characters like the old Gandalf and such? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> but like like the Rings of Power is an Amazon okay made thing, and I think it's also produced in house by Amazon, not Warner Brothers. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so we we have potential for a lot of franchises, but like yes. I want Neo in there. Are you kidding me? I'll fight Batman with Neo and I'll beat Arya Stark up and down with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> you know, first off, shout out to Arya Stark who plays like uh, a mixture of uh, Kirby and Link, which is just insane mm-hmm. uh, to me. Um, Cause there was like a leaked list 
And there is one that stood out to me, but I think is using the wrong character. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want Roy Kent uh, in the show Ted Lasso because you know I know you never watch the show. You need to. It's, it's an Apple fantastic. thing. Yes, it is an Apple Plus thing, but Warner Brothers, it's a Warner Brothers production. So Warner Brothers produces the show. Or sorry, Warner Brothers made the show. Apple produces the show or something like that. I don't know how production works. I'm not a doctor again. But yeah, I want Roy Kent in there. Roy Kent makes a whole lot of sense. He looks angry all the time. If there's anyone that's going to get violent on that show, it's Roy Kent. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, I want him in there. ASAP. The other one that I'm surprised isn't in there yet is uh is King Kong. Where's King Kong in here? Because he could just be a Donkey Kong clone. Yeah, that's true. They might have truly avoided putting him in in favor of the the Looney Tunes, getting them kind of set in there, but also avoiding any direct comparisons just yet. Maybe that's, that's the goal. Fair. Like they they don't want those direct comparisons. Yeah, but you're fair. right. That's a good a good choice uh, mm. to put in there. Well, what about like you? That. What's the what's the choice that you'd like? I mean, Neo for sure. I want Neo in that game, um, and and not Matrix Resurrections. Neo, don't ever. That <laughs> don't ever exi- that's so don't, don't oh god, bring so that bad. movie up again. Um, I I definitely <laughs> want Neo you. in there. Agent Smith should be in there, sure. uh, and and more villains from DC. I think would be dope. Like throw Darkseid in there, throw Scarecrow in there, the Joker. You know, I mean, you know they're coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the the possibilities are endless. Like like get Michael Jordan in there. You got LeBron James. <laughs> That's Michael what Jordan. I was actually about to say. Why not get Michael Jordan in there? Uh, God damn, who's the giant rooster? Remember the giant rooster? I know who you're talking about. Yes, my God, <laughs> get him in there. <laughs> like God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get him, get him in there. There's so much. It. Yeah. yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, I I feel like Warner Brothers has done such a poor job, uh, you know, evolving some of their classic like looney tunes into you know the main spotlight of today yeah um because honestly looney tunes is so incredible like i miss the looney tunes so much bring them back you know and i think that this is a great way to kind of highlight the legacy i think even more so that that wb has but fails to execute constantly on so that's what I kind of want to see from them, man. I want to see them embrace their legacy a bit more, not just throwing in DC characters, but like the obscure stuff that we don't think about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. again, like, like throwing like, like Ted Lasso characters in there. That's, that's hilarious. Cause like they don't make sense why they would be there, but they're there, you right. know? And you could get a, a few Mortal Kombat characters in there too. Yeah, you know? yeah, why, why not Scorpion and, uh, you know, like get, get, get some, yeah, get some. What's the other guy? What's the ice guy's name? Sub Zero. Sub Zero in there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. And I mean this wholeheartedly. I want Kratos in there. I want Master Chief in there. I want Doom Guy in there. I love seeing those kind of crossovers in there, where it's not taken too seriously, but essentially they're saying, "Hey, use this character in this game that's doing well, and yep. let Batman fight him." I don't care. Like Fortnite has shown us that it doesn't damage the brand if it's yes. if it's in the. I mean. For God's sakes, we have the worst season of Fortnite ever, vibin'. But like Darth Vader comes down in Shuttle Tidarium, and he's on the map too. You know? Yeah. You know, and then and, all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I can play Fortnite again. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think we mentioned Harry Potter. Harry Potter's WB, right? That's WB. I mean, it's 
I think there would be a weird licensing thing with them. But I, I would think in time, yeah, you get a, a little wizard in there. You know what? Put J.K. Rowling in the game. That's something you were telling me privately, right? You wanted uh, yeah. your hero in the game? Yeah, my hero, someone <laughs> I look up to, someone who's never said anything really dumb. Uh, honestly, I like. I think you should put her in there because a lot of people <laughs> take a lot Let's, of frustrations out. She should be an end boss, <laughs> like yeah. the hand from Smash. Oh, my God. Real talk. Look, at, you got you can get Mel Brooks movies in there. Oh, like, you mean you like uh, some, like uh, Spaceballs? Yeah, Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, uh, you know, uh, was it the, uh, his version of Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Like, dude, that would be fantastic to get <laughs> Dave Chappelle's character from that movie in there. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that they can do here, man. A lot of stuff. So I yeah. want to see them embrace their weirdness more than like, hey, let's put the Master Chief in here because he's not a a wb property i want to see right for yeah. right now the first two years at the very least wb first year, properties first year first year give it the first year yeah by year two i, w- I want kratos in there man yeah, by year two then you could get a little weird and and uh, i'm gonna this is my last one last one okay uh, i want bert and ernie in the game they're not wb but I was gonna say, WB. <laughs> let's get some sesame street in there you know fair enough <laughs> here comes big bird <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they also own cartoon network i believe yeah, Dexter could be in there. Yeah, yeah. So. Put Dexter in there. Kids next door. This again. The, you guys, come on. It's... I still want Bert and Ernie in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've got a few questions uh, written in by some amazing people and study, uh, which is cool. But I want to start yeah. first with one from Edward Varnell. Now, Edward always puts me on my toes. Sometimes Edward's questions are out there. Love, uh-huh. buddy. Uh, sometimes they are are right here, like right dead center hitting my soul. And I love this question. Okay. Uh, this is uh, from the Retro Code. When did you appreciate M-rated games and when did you really take mature themes and narratives? Does a game like Grease or Spiritfarer execute the same tone of mature content uh, as you can relate to or appreciate? Now, Joe, I'm going to let you think about this one while I kind of tackle it. Yeah, I got um, it, but you could go. Okay, so my first, I really started to appreciate M-rated games with Metal Gear Solid. He was talking about love, political intrigue, battlefield, uh, you know, like psychological damage on the battlefield. That was where my exposure to mature games came in. But I often use gaming for escapism, Edward, and I don't like playing games that are explicitly about like my mental health, right? When it's in something like Hellblade, that is just enough to escape from reality where I'm good. But when it's so down to earth, like a lot of indie games, like I really don't like as dusk falls, it's very real and I lose interest for it. I enjoy darker tones for things like daredevil or Snyderverse, the Batman. Those are all like my heroes being in a dark world. I like mature themed elements in that um, versus something like Miss Marvel. But where I get really frustrated and Joe, tell me if if you ever noticed this, I get really ticked when people identify some things as mature versus others. And, and my example is going to be Bayonetta three. Um, okay. Bayonetta, great character, female empowerment agency, brilliant, uh, really cool moves and stuff. But like she shows nudity in her games. And it's always like that, that cheeky little, like, well, my hair is covering the part Uh-oh. of the boob, right? Yeah. But it really bothers me that Bayonetta three has this naive angel mode where she stays covered up. And the argument being like, now you can play the game with kids in the room, but th- they're worried about the wrong thing. Bayonetta is still going to be slaughtering down people, shooting people left and right. She has guns on her feet. 
so so the violence and the murder and and whatnot is all okay but the but showing natural nudity is not that bothers me when i hear the mature discussions Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like when we worked at gamestop you know like i don't want my kid to see a boob but yeah he can he can shoot people yeah i remember <laughs> yeah i remember describing uh, uh the second level of saints row to someone where you're in a brothel and you're chasing people uh you're chasing a, a guy that's like running away in a carriage that is right. like an smm carriage and then like I, i'm like i'm explaining that to the dad and he's just like it's nothing he hasn't seen at home I'm like really yeah what is your yeah. house like sir right you know? yeah and so, like, what's mature? Like, I, nudity to me should be okay, but ver- murder and violence, like, that's the one that's everyone's upset about. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I go back to multiple answers here, but I don't like the grounded reality stuff sure. for my darker tones. That's not what I play video games for. Um, but mature themes, I do enjoy that in my escapism. Uh, first game that comes to mind. First off, I get very upset when people say that Miss Marvel is a good show because um, it's not. It's an abomination, and half that cast cannot act. Um, <laughs> Thank you. All right, I was scared to say it. Yeah, it's not no, a good it, show. It, yeah, no, I'll be the brave one, and everybody expect another round of applause. Um, so that <laughs> that being said, Miss um, Marvel is atrocious. No, oh, there you go. Uh, Bioshock. Bioshock's the first mm. game. Yeah, because I'm a wee bit younger lad. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember getting that game on 360, and I was like, oh, games can also tell these types of stories. Like, Like, you know, introduced to, like, something that is, that's actually making me think deeper than, that's bad guy over there, I need to get from A, B, C to D to all the way to Z Mm -hmm. to get to him. No, there was something way more uh, here, and, and and I think that that deep lore as well that helped so much. So, you know, those themes, Bioshock really introduced me to them. At least that's the first one that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like mature titles, I think Spiritfarer and and um, the other the other game that you mentioned, Greece. yeah, uh, Greece. Are really good tales. Even Journey. Journey's a great a tale as well. Uh, I just played Stray. Those actually carry a lot of mature themes of like mortality. What is life? What happens to us after all this is done and gone? Um, all those things. And like the journey of, you know, going from one plane of existence to the probably not. Like those things. <laughs> everybody laugh. Uh, those things are interesting and they tackle mature tones without an M rating. Um, and, and I think execute them probably some of the best. And I'm thinking like journey being one of them. So like, you don't need a shotgun to the chest or a, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, a golf stroke to the temple to make something hit. <laughs> uh to get that mature tone you don't right. need to see a nip to understand that like there is something bigger at play here but that doesn't mean that those things are just over the top those also have a right to exist it's just the way we tell the games or tell these stories and how we want them to be told um and what is going to impact that player more because mm-hmm. there are points of the last of us that i find uh equally impactful to a game like journey uh vice versa Mm -hmm. it's just a different way it impacts you 
So though you don't need all the gore or limbs tearing off in Journey, Mm -hmm. those things happening in The Last of Us, yeah, it makes a it makes a lot of sense and and it it hits a different note. I struggle sometimes because Journey, I think people ruined Journey for me, unfortunately. Uh, I did not get any mature sense of anything there. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But I think it's because people took the moment away from me. Sure. You know, whereas in in The Last of Us, the first one, that game to me is is stellar. Yeah. And the end moment, the 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 non choice that you are given at the end, that was the most uh, front facing mature moment I had in gaming to that point, where it was like, I don't get a choice here. I'm in a world that I could not choose, and I felt uh, something akin to like this is what it'd be like to be trapped in this situation, you yeah. know. And so that to me was really good writing. Um, I don't think Last of Us Two was good writing, but I, I really love the first one. Um, yeah. I would. I don't want to play it again, which is another thing. Like <laughs> there are there are movies that I don't ever want to watch again. Sure, but they're so good that yeah. that one time out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I think you're dead on. Also, like another game that hits really well that's pretty gory and I think hits equally hard. It, it's it, and it is a zombie thing. It's like. The Walking Dead season one is a stellar game that yeah. I will never play again, but it's stellar. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Um, and that and that non-choice at the end made me feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like the, the, the stories that the, the narrator or, or the person writing it rather wants to tell. I, mm-hmm. I love those. I, I, like that. those little the non-choices at the end. It's like, no, 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 no. This one's out of your control. This is this is how the story goes. I like those. Those are bold moves. So yeah. I, I think uh, you know the recent example of As Us Falls. I don't like that game. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be. I really want to interview the team because the game is not bad, right? Like I right. don't like it. It's not the same as saying it's a bad game, which yeah. is is a consistent thing. I feel like we unfortunately have to keep reinforcing. Um, yeah. but that's Except a very if it's Miss Marvel, we have to be really honest with ourselves. And look I'm so glad you said game. it because I never want to be the guy because you know, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm storming a capital because I don't like this. <laughs> exactly right. But <laughs> it's like so it's just, yeah, like yeah, it. I get it. It's just, it's, I don't like it. It's not good. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> glad uh, you may like it though. <laughs> there are two relevant things to uh, to the bigger MCU in that show, and, and someone yeah. told me both of them, and I was like, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's what I should do. I think I should just stomach the last 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that's what probably needs to happen. All right, is, fair is enough. You just, you just stomach, just stomach that, that bit. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I love Sp- like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because, yeah, I saw myself as that hero. But the, the story and the, the, the hero story was actually really, really amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I use that in my classroom to teach. Fun exactly. Because it's a phenomenal movie. All right, let's go with one more question. Uh, okay. This one's going to come from our buddy, James Suddy, uh, who, whom we love, whom we love. Mm-hmm. Mr. James Suddy says, what are some of your go-to play things outside of Xbox and PlayStation? The hell is Why this question? Why is it each other's moms? Um, oh, first of all, Suddy. you leave my, my second wife out of, 
out of your mouth, Sonny. Okay. Exactly. That's um, my mother. Yeah, disrespectful. Uh, but your go-to play things outside of Xbox Word and so really? weird. That, that's so weird, Sonny. That's <laughs> that's uncomfortable. Like play things. What, you mean hobbies? <laughs> yeah, I think he means hobbies. I don't know. I read comic books. Um, yeah. I have not been wanting to read books lately. I exercise. One thing I I like, but I don't. Yeah. I can't compete with like uh, our 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 the Ains friend group. They are uh-huh. all like into collectibles and stuff, but they all have way more income than we do. Dude, way more. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like, like Ains literally showed. I wish this was a joke. It's not. He showed us boxes littered of like statues. Like, look at what came in the mail today. I'm like, I don't know what. Like, your house looks like a UPS store. Like, yeah. there's that's how many boxes there are. And then he and tells us, he's like, yeah, just interns. store it in the garage. What? What? <laughs> so you have them, you can't even admire them. Yeah. And you're. Oh boy, disposable income. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any any of your go to play things? I really don't. Again, Sonny, I I feel like we got a <laughs> different vernacular. Hobbies, things you Hobbies. like to do, activities. Even mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I like watching a good old TV. Uh, I like watching a good old movie here and there. I really, in my older age, as I get gotten older, I really dig just going to the movies alone so good it's so no one's there it's like it's like noon you there were like three other people like i watched top gun maverick that way oh my god i had the whole theater to myself it was beautiful top gun maverick is a film dude yeah it's a film it's uh, cinema cinema honestly right next to batman it's like probably the best movie i've seen and it gets close it's really close all right and um what else? What else? What else do I like to do? I don't know. I like to knit. Um, my girlfriend <laughs> slash Luke's uh, mother. She she really likes a good infinity scarf, and I, you know, I don't even know what an infinity scarf is, but I got a lot of jokes now. <laughs> oh, don't worry about. It. We wrap each other up with them. That's what we do. Oh, it's an infinity okay, scarf. okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're gonna call it there. I'm Fair. going to give you the closeout, but I will let everybody know. Uh, you can, after we close out, you'll be listening to an interview with Endling Extinction is Forever, CEO and founder of that studio. Uh, if you've not played that game, that is a mature themed game. You play as a mother fox who is trying to keep her cubs alive. It is a survival game, but it really touches on some feelings of loneliness. And the the primary enemies are humanity and kind of their destroying of uh the environment and it's really really a, a good game I, I do recommend it it's a little on the expensive side but there's a demo out uh so check that out guys for sure and a uh, good interview 25 minutes uh, javier was was wonderful uh please do enjoy that and i'll ask you before i let joe kind of shut us down here uh please take a moment to throw an itunes review it means the world and and i and i'm so grateful when you guys do that uh click like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube i really appreciate you guys joseph where can we find you buddy well, you can find me over on Twitter at Mr. Badbit. You can find my show, The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest, and all things PlayStation over on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast service of choice, The Trophy Room is there. If you rate us five stars and you share us a screenshot, you are entered to win a copy of The Last of Us digital deluxe version. So you don't have to pay the $70. I shall for you. I'm a good man like that. 
man my word so there you go yeah Well, I am pleased now to welcome to the show Javier Romello, founder and CEO of Hero Beat Studios, makers of Endling, Extinction is Forever. Javier, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Luke, for inviting. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I'm so, so excited that you agreed to come on. I'm excited to talk about your game. And I think it best to start off by letting listeners know, uh, in your words, just what Endling, Extinction is, for, is Forever is about. Uh, well, imagine being the last mother fox on Earth and having to take care of three little cubs, which are uh, defenseless, and you have to feed them and see how they grow up, all in a war which has been ravaged by human uh, human actions. Um, and all this is based on on, on a feasible, real future that me that that we can uh, um, get to in the future if we don't change our consumption habits. That's the idea behind Endling. Well, there certainly is a lot of, of a lot of undertones of that, where where you know the idea that man-made creations can be destroying natural habitats, and I want to get to that uh, in the latter portion. But I want to start first uh, that at its core, extinction is a survival game. You guys have crafted this beautiful world where we are t- uh, acting as a mother fox, going out with our senses at night to seek out food for our fox family. Um, how did you settle on? creating a survival game and having it married with such a beautiful and sad fox aesthetic? Well, the, um, all the game has been created around the message. Uh, we wanted to deliver an eco-conscious message and talk about um, how this world could be in the future. Um, and a survival game just uh, was the perfect match for, for this topic, right? Um, we wanted to, like, to create a... Um, uh, a lot of contrast between the environments and the mother folks. Each one is representing like a totally different thing. As as the environments are all the time changing and getting worse as you play, the, the mother folks and the cubs are like just um, cute and um, beautiful, super colorful characters that will inspire you to to keep them alive and and, and to survive in this environment. Well, it certainly uh, worked for me because I was very protective of my mother fox uh, and, of course, the cubs that come with it. And I think much of that had to do with kind of the contrast that you're talking about. But several things stood out to me immediately in my first few minutes with the game. And the first of those was the sound design. Uh, Little small squeals from our little fox family or dulcet and ominous music tones uh, really captured a mood. Can you talk to me a bit about... Yeah, how you guys captured that aesthetic and captured that atmosphere via sound? Indeed, the the sound design was one of the first thing we started working on because because we knew that uh, if we wanted to create like an authentic game about being a fox and we wanted to keep the fantasy, we wouldn't have the mother folks like pulling levers or doing like uh, like complex puzzles or something like that, right? So uh, we started thinking about what a normal fox could do, not a magical fox or a sci-fi fox. Uh, and one of the things that, of course, uh, foxes do well do well is to to, um, uh, to listen, right? They have like a super good uh, hearing sense. Um, and we try to take advantage of this and create the sound design based on what uh, would be 
what, what a uh, real folks could do. Um, so, uh, of course, the game is a side-scrolling game, so you have like a limited vision, but the the real folks, the the character you are playing, uh, could indeed like see farther, right? So see and also hear. So uh, we uh, like gave all this feedback through the song design. Like you can identify what kind of enemy is coming to you uh, off screen uh, just by, by hearing what's uh, hearing the, the soundtrack, how it changes. Um, also, we wanted to give like a super emotional um, mood to the game. Um, we um, created a link between different instruments and the and the caps. So we tried to create this uh, emotional bond between the mother caps and the and the the mother folks and the caps. Sorry, uh, through the um, the sound design. So if if you lose one of the caps, that instrument is lost forever, and you will feel that in the in the soundtrack. You will miss something in the soundtrack that will be like that for the rest of the adventure. I did not pick up on that. That's interesting. So the idea that once, uh, if the player is to lose one of the cubs, which is a heartbreaking, mind you, uh, one of the instruments is also gone. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's not the only thing that you are losing if you lose one of the cubs, of course. Um, there, there is, I mean, losing a cup for some people is already enough from an emotional point of view, and that's that's okay. But we also wanted to for for the player to to feel a loss in terms of gameplay because uh, your caps eventually will start learning different skills that will be super useful for you in the rest of the adventure. Uh, skills that will help you to, to get fruit from different places that uh, you are not able to, to take by yourself. And if you lose that cap with that specific skill, you won't be able to do that anymore in the game. Uh, and the skills are unlocked like in a Metroidvania game where uh, you unlock a new skill and you can come back to the to, to a previous level, some level that you have explored before, and you d- use that skill in a in a different way. So so yeah, we we are avoiding the caps to become uh, something. I mean, something that you have to escort from point A to point B, and that's it. Uh, but we wanted to give them like a, a very important role in the in the uh, progression of the game. I noticed that it's it's a matter of you know. In, in some games, progression means your character gains abilities or power-ups or learns a skill. But in this case, as you're raising the cubs in this world, they're kind of added to your repertoire and helping you solve uh, environmental difficulties and such. That's right. But what could a adult folks learn from this world, right? If you are playing with a, a grown-up character, which is an animal and, and can like craft items or or uh, develop new skills, magical skills, or something like that. Uh, we were like mm, tired, and, and we we didn't want to to give the the mother folks any special ability that a normal folks couldn't do. So we decided to uh, do this uh, player progression through through the skills of the caps, which are, I mean, you start the game when they are still in the womb of the mother. So there is plenty of things that they can learn and can help the mother to to get different kind of food sources. I'll tell you what, for anybody that didn't like know that the the, the primary role of the game was mothering cubs, uh, finding out that you were pregnant whilst fleeing that that initial first fire that happens in the opening thirty seconds or so, uh, that was a big impact. You know, like that's a big moment to realize that oh, not only am I in charge of my survival, now I'm charged with caring for this family. Uh, I think that that has an emotional weight to it. Yeah, we we don't like to tell things like uh, 
sorry for the noise in the background, guys. Uh, uh, we didn't like to to tell things through text or some, something like that. We just wanted to uh, put the, the story uh, and tell the story through environmental storytelling. So of course, of course, you start with the mother fox being pregnant. Uh, you can see the even the caps floating in the womb in the in the main menu of the game. But maybe maybe you won't notice, and that's something that you you will realize later. Maybe even in a second playthrough. And there are a lot of details that we have put a lot of lobs into into them that we just don't clearly tell, and you have to discover. That's one of the points we are most proud of in for in Endling. I want to talk a bit about the visual aesthetic. Now, in truth, uh, Javier, I don't have the proper vocabulary to describe to listeners just how beautiful and minimalistic this art style is. So could you do that for me? Because there's a uniqueness to this art style that I think is really special. Thank you. <laughs> well, as I, I said before, like the, the game is a side-scrolling game. Uh, so one of the main goals for us, for us was to... Uh, try to have control of everything which is um, shown in, in, in just in a screen. Uh, we want the we want the game to be uh, very screenshotable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, then we realized that uh, if if the main goal of the game was to deliver this eco-conscious message, uh, we couldn't just do a, a side-scrolling game because everything that you were leaving behind in a side-scrolling uh, is is lost forever and you don't care about that anymore and it was very tedious to do like a huge backtracking if you wanted to revisit the places where you have been uh, if it was a standard side scrolling game so we introduced this mechanic where you can travel through all the environment um, at certain points you can interact with the environment elements and you can start like going towards the the background or foreground um, and it creates kind of a sandbox experience in a side-scrolling setup. We came with this uh, quite early in, our, in the development process. And it has, like, we believe that the result is very good because we could, like, keep this um, uh, this attention to detail in, in, the, in the art of the game. And at the same time, to uh, it was a super good match for the, for the message that we wanted to deliver. So yeah, Endling has like a minimalistic uh, style, like very colorful. Uh, it's not like a realistic game or something like that. Uh, but but we feel that we have managed to deliver those emotions through the environment anyway. So so yeah, I think it's the, the art style is quite unique, and, and we, we also love that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and and. Uh, it really shows just moments of emotion that I thought really stood out to me. Uh, early on in the game, there's a moment where an injury takes place to your, to your fox uh, that results in a limp. It's a man-made uh, impact that causes your fox to limp via a trap. And I have to imagine uh, there was an intention there to showcase something and, and of what's to come because I know I was very upset when I saw that my, my fox was limping as the result of a man-made trap. Yeah, um, we didn't want to show humans as enemies, well, just enemies, they are enemies in this story, of course, but it was very important for us to make clear that, that every human you, you find in Endling is just a survival, uh, survival just as you are. Um, it's just random people who has been caught in this situation, uh, in this dystopian future where everything is going super bad where humans have tried to 
to be more eco-friendly and, and ha have tried to to use uh, uh, in in a more sustainable way the environment, but we failed. Uh, so now the only thing we can do is just to to survive, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why everyone in this game is trying to kill you. Some of them because they want to to take some benefit from you or just eat you, and that's it. Uh, it's not just bad people, but people who is trying to survive. Yeah, there's definitely enemies that are natural to the environment, you know, badgers and such. But I really found myself not liking not liking the, the humans, which I think is is another part of the intention. Hmm, yeah, um, of course you won't like them because they are representing all the bad things that are happening to the environments and uh, and the, the mother folks and the cubs. But but again, uh, it's they are just they're trying to survive in the same way you are doing that. So you cannot um, judge them for doing that, right? Maybe not by the end, but I got to tell you, early on, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was hard in mad at them uh, for sure. Now, I'm curious, was it difficult for the team to create those moments of pain for the fox, for the mother, for the cubs? Because there are moments of, of great sadness or potentially great sadness, depending on your choices, uh, either physically or, or through loss. Was that difficult to animate, to create, to get sounds for? Yeah, we have suffered a lot developing this game um, because we have to face all those moments and and just uh, looking for documentation about how we could uh, deliver this message uh, without trying to with, without being so violent or something like that was something really hard for us. Um, of course, we have avoid like creating violent moments just because, uh, but in the moments they are needed because we wanted to deliver this message. Uh, of course, they are there and they show the, the uh, that, well, that Engling, Engling's war is harsh um, and we are just depicting things that are happening actually and we are not inventing anything, right? So it's important for us if we wanted to raise awareness about those topics that we would be like very authentic and, and realistic in, in the way that animals and, and environment is, is being used by humans. Gotcha. I see. I see. You know, despite the moments of pain and sadness that you're given in the game, there are also moments of great beauty and, and cuteness. Uh, I'd imagine those were put in intentionally to help kind of offset the tone to make sure that we're not too sad or too frustrated. Yeah, well, there is always some room for hope. Uh, even in this future, there is still people who is trying to make good things. Um, they will give you the the few things they have in order for you to survive uh so yeah it's not everything bad <laughs> there is some some light in the dark gotcha gotcha it make that makes sense for sure uh let's see we had a question from a, a listener who's enjoying your game and says i've been playing it he got to the third layer uh last night but he's curious there is a tree stump with a memorial to a young girl uh, and he was wondering if you could elaborate on that at any point. Is there a greater meaning to that? Yeah. Um, well, as I said before, like adding those little details are, is something that we are super proud about, and we haven't added anything that is not there for some reason. But mm -hmm. I would like people to to take their own conclusions. It's the same with the environmental uh, message that we are delivering. We What we want is to put things there in the game so everyone can, uh, like... Um, take their own conclusions and see 
and reflect about that, right? It's not, I mean, I would prefer to avoid explain everything in the game because I think part of the of the beauty of the game is to to try to figure out what was happening there. But yeah, I think that that memorial is something very important in the narrative of the game. I invite anyone to our Discord if they want to to talk and comment about this because we have a a growing community of people, super good people who is um, just commenting all those those topics in in the chat. Okay, good to know. So head to Discord, Anubis, uh, if you want more. But it sounds uh, I love I love that idea that there's a little bit there. There's definitely a reason, but discovery is part of it. Um, let's let's switch gears just a little bit away from kind of the heavier topics. I'm curious, were you, how 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 do you go about when designing a game, deciding on the length of a game? The idea of have you told your story? Is the game long enough? Short enough? As a smaller title. Finding the length of a game might be uh, a bit of a trick to it. How did you guys settle on endlings? Length uh, the actual length of the game was something that we decided when we started developing the game. It's not something that we uh, discovered later. We were always uh, like aiming for, for this duration. Um, and what we tried really hard is to have as much uh, detail and, and quality content and raise the production value of the game without exceeding the, the, the length. I, I bet there is a lot of people who like to play Endling for a longer time. Like um, if, if you like like longer games, if you like to go through a 10 hours length story, that's okay. But what, that was not the, the goal for us. We wanted to condensate the story so the message could be delivered uh, without getting, like, mm, without losing the essence, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that was very important for us, even even more than trying to deliver uh, the, the longest game we could. That that was not on the table at any time. When when you're creating a game like this, putting out titles right now, you have a myriad of options for people to test out games: Steam, Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, all of those things. You guys have a demo that is out available for anyone that's not yet sure if they want to purchase the game. They can play the demo. Uh, what was the logic behind that one? I think it's it's very important for people to try the demo because um, Endling is not a challenging game and it's focused on delivering this story, this 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 message. So mm -hmm. we wanted to avoid somebody to get disappointed with the kind of gameplay we were, we were delivering because, as, as you said, it's a um, survival game. It has uh, stealth elements. Um, there is uh, just a bit of Metroidvania in there, uh, but it's not uh, some game that maybe a hardcore player of any of those uh, genders would, would like to, to 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 go through. Maybe maybe they will, but if you are a super hardcore gamer, you may find that the the stealth is uh, not enough for you. And we wanted everybody to experience this from the very beginning so they could know what kind of play they, of game they were going to play. Uh, I think the demo, uh, it's a, a good depiction of what, what's there in the rest of the game. And I invite anybody to, to play it on Steam. There is also an Xbox uh, Xbox demo. So, so yeah, I mean, we have, mm, we have been, we had this demo for a long time. So anybody could see how the game is, is, uh, is looking and, and, and what the, the mechanics are. 
And, and I'll piggyback on that to any listeners. Definitely give it a shot. The game's $30, but if you're not sure if the gameplay is for you, that demo can, can do wonders. I found myself enamored, and I absolutely picked up the game. Um, and I think, listeners, you will enjoy those Metroidvania elements, but also this emotional take. So, so give that a shot. Uh, <clears throat> when you're... How, how long did it take to create this game, Javier? Like, how long was this in development? And then I'm curious, also, did creating the demo carving out time for that did that extend how long it took yeah uh we started the the the, the very first drafts the conception phase of the of the game uh started in early 2010 so we i mean it has been like four years of development mm-hmm. uh it has been like a long trip for us a super nice adventure but also uh we have invested uh, our hearts into into this project which has been like um uh, being developed for 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 so long um yeah i think um, i think people will, will like to 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 enjoy those all those details that we have put into the game for for all this uh development well let me ask you this you guys have put the game out are you happy with its reception yeah I, we love the 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 feedback we are getting uh, the reviews are super good uh, so so yeah, we are we are very happy. We are still waiting uh, for for more input. Uh, the game has been just released uh, last week, so there is a lot of things that we are planning to do uh, with with handling. Uh, we cannot talk yet about about this, but I I I'm sure all, all the players will will enjoy the what's coming from what's coming in the next weeks or months. Does that mean? Are you talking about like DLC, expansions, sequels? So, how do you mean? Uh, sorry, I cannot t- talk about that yet. <laughs> Almost yeah. got you. Okay, fair enough. Fair Almost, enough. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting to know uh, that that in one way or another, you're not done with Endling, whatever that might mean. Um, does th- my final question, I suppose, in that realm is when you put out a title that you've been working on for four years. Uh, and you get to see the receptions. Is there a break? Because now with the constant updates that happen or with the creation of more content, is it, do you give yourself a break? Do you take time? Do you get a quick vacation? Or is it is it still, you know, release date and your work next to day? Um, we had like a, a small party after, after work. Um, and the day after that, we had to come back to, to work because as I say, there is a lot of things to do. Uh, as, as Herobit Studios, we are uh, already working on our next projects, so um, there is no room for just for uh, having a long holiday, which is something we would like to do, <laughs> because the the development process has been very very hard for everyone, and and we have, uh, as I said before, we have invested or 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 efforts into creating this and delivering the experience. But at the same time, it's weird because. Um, now that the game is released for some people who has just found out about Endling because of the release announcement and all that, is the beginning of the story for us is kind of the in some in some way the end, right? Because we have been working on this project for for so long that having it uh, released on the market is um, is like it was a goal that we always had in mind. Even though if we didn't know that we will have like a, a retail edition and all that stuff, which was something super cool for us to uh, to get to know, but but yeah, we absolutely needed to get together um, and have had this this small party and, and enjoy 
read the feedback from all the players and, and enjoy, the, the, enjoy the moment, which is something that we couldn't do in the past because we have been always uh, under the hood working super hard on, the, on, on every milestone and every part of the, of the development process. Now, you guys are based out of uh, Barcelona, Spain. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, well, we are based in Barcelona. We have a beautiful office here. Uh, but because of the pandemic, we had uh, this lockdown and we started working remotely. So now working in the office is something optional for, for the team. And most of the team decided to work remotely from, from different uh, cities or countries. So uh, we just uh, like, um, uh, like meet in a special occasions uh, where we can be all together and uh, at this time like um, share all the, the stuff which is going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, Javier Romello, CEO and founder of Hero Beat Studios, thank you for your time. Congratulations on the launch of Endling, and I encourage every listener to check it out. Please let uh, people know where they can find your content, uh, find your game, and uh, where they can follow you on social. Sure. Well, I encourage everyone to follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, we have links there to the to the store and or, or the rest of the of the um, uh, social networks. Um, please visit us in, in Discord uh, because we are all the time talking there about handling and you will love to, to meet the rest of the community.